money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I am. I'm so excited about today. We didn't do this in January no. with Ray. Ray talked to us on January 24th about his the resources available at notmine.ca. But Ray is with us again. We're, we love having Ray with us because... I just get feisty when I get with you guys. So exciting. Anyway, but for our hope is that this year we're going to be talking, digging into some of the parables and scriptures about money all through the year with Ray. Mm -hmm. So we're going to. So it's kind of like, let's talk money with Dave and Reb and let's talk the parables with Pastor Reverend Reverend Ray, right? Okay. That was right off the cuff. They might not always be parables, but today it certainly is a parable. So um, we're pretty excited. Uh, to talk about that. Good. So so um, just keep that in mind. I'm going to give the little plug for where you can find archive shows because this certainly is one of those shows that I wouldn't say is off our beaten path, but um, we're excited to look into scripture as we always are, but to specifically look at the parables and see what God says about money and what God says about our hearts and money and what God says about uh, how we can live in this time in this world um, and navigate that in a fashion that that's just pleasing to him. So, so if you need uh, to listen to, and you do need to listen to the archive shows more than enough.ca and chri.ca um, are the places where you can find them with their own player. So you just hit play and listen in. If you do listen to a podcast, then you certainly can get that downloaded automatically into your, your mobile device and listen to the podcast and, and feel free to share it. There's lots of easy ways to share. And as well, if your podcasting platform has a rating, not all of them do, but if they do, feel free to rate us. That really helps to spread the word. So there you go. The last little comment is, is we do have sponsors for the show and we are so thankful. We don't really, I don't really consider them sponsors, more like friends and and family and partners who say, wow, we want to put our money into uh, more than enough and the, the show specifically so that we can keep it on the air. So thank you. I just want to say thank you to all those partners and sponsors here at the beginning of the year. Great. Well, it is February now. No, so it's we're still the beginning of the year. Yeah, we've slid past the beginning. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, today we're going to... I stand corrected. Okay, yeah, well, I'm feisty today, so be careful. Anyway, so we're watching... We're watching. We're going to talk about um, the parable of the talents. And um, yeah, uh, I'm going to read... There's two places where we find this story in mm-hmm. Scripture. In Luke 19 and Matthew 25. I'm going to read one verse from Luke 19, and then I'm going to read it um, from Matthew 25, because Luke 19 actually gives the reason why Jesus told the story. So I'm reading it from the message, actually, so that it's pretty colloquial language. Well, he had their attention, and because they were getting close to Jerusalem by this time, and expectation was building that God's kingdom would appear any minute, Jesus told this story. And then he goes in Matthew twenty five fourteen, 
and onward. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave $5,000, to another 2000 to a third 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with a single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his money's master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2,000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, Good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a lot of interest or gotten a little interest. Sorry. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this. Play it safe. Who won't go out on a limb? Throw him out into utter darkness. And that ends at verse 30. So we're going to start with what's the context of Jesus speaking this story? So, and, and you know, when I read it, the, the context is an interesting time in, in Jesus' ministry, right? He is on the doorstep of Jerusalem. Within weeks, he'll go through the process of dying and, and rising from the dead and, and as what you read at the beginning there is, is there was an expectation that that the Messiah was here, that he was going to liberate the Jews from oppression, right? Um, and, um, of course, God's plans are um, sometimes different or has a different <laughs> perspective than ours. And so when, when I read it, I just go, well, the context really is it's just Jesus going, wait a minute, this is just the beginning of the end. This is just my death and resurrection is actually the beginning of the story where the the master goes away for a period of time to authenticate his authority to be crowned king if you read it in some of the other versions and so you know the jews are going great here it is we're going to go conquer the world and it's it's a natural 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 um event that they're anticipating and Jesus is going, well, that's, God's got a different plan. It's, yes, I'm entering Jerusalem as the king of the Jews, and then it's going to be a little while before I establish my kingdom here on earth. And in the meantime, there's some work to do. And that's where we come in, right? Isn't that kind of where it is? is right. This- so in Luke 19, he's answering a question, or he's giving the story because they're thinking that the kingdom of God is coming on the doorstep, that the king, that his kingdom, he's going to come to earth like yep. that. He's going to reign. The Romans are going to be ousted and all as well. Um, and then in Matthew's context, it comes after uh, Matthew 24, where he talks about the end coming right. and the second coming of, of the Messiah and ruling and reigning. And it follows the parable of the ten virgins also 
in Matthew 25. So it's a very interesting placement, especially because he tells the story, he's entering Jerusalem, he tells the story, and then in one of the scenes, he's doing the triumphal entry. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it's that... It's very, it's a very interesting placement for this story. So if you have time, those who are listening and you want to go dig into Luke 19 and Matthew 24 and 25, it's you know, really great. But, um, but in a lot of ways, Jesus is just setting, you know, kind of setting it straight. And, you know, again, sometimes Jesus does that to us and we still don't really get it, right? How many times doesn't he say pretty plainly? I mean, this is pretty plain, you know, hey, I'm trying to set you straight on something that you're not understanding. Right, the kingdom of God is not here yet. Yes, but then I looked, read it, and I'll say this, you know, we're having this discussion today. We could, you know, if you guys think we're wrong who are listening, please let us know. But um, we're having, the, it's just an interesting story to dig into. So I'm going to ask Ray, what what is this really about? Why would Jesus talk about money? Like well, here. Yeah, I know, because we often refer to these two sections of scripture about talents in terms of our giftings and resources mm-hmm. of who we are and, and storing them well. But Actually, if you look at it from a purely from a financial perspective, because he actually uses that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's term. any any d- different. Yeah, how do you I mean, interpret it any any different? You I know, know, it's, it's bags it's, of it's gold, money, it's, it's money. money. It's, it's yes, yeah. that's right. You know, you've got one who's got five bags of gold, and one who's got two, and one who's got one. Yeah. And the two with the five and the two, I mean, they go and invest it. Yeah. They make money and they double their amount. And then the last one. Um, you would suspect he was overwhelmed by fear and hid it in the ground because the master actually just rebukes him and said, well, you could have put it at least in the bank. Mm-hmm. And so we we're kind of putting that into context as we were dialoguing about this before the program. You know, Lord, what what is it you're saying here? I mean, because I believe God does want us to um, create wealth. Mm-hmm. I do believe he wants us then to do our due diligence and steward it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that as we are doing that, because I think the context is, you know, the present and the future looking to his kingdom reign mm-hmm. again and his return. So in between, what do we do with our finances? And um, when we're... Um, Seeing the uh, duplication of the finances or the increase, right, right. it gives us opportunity to sow into kingdom purposes. Because right. extending the kingdom does cost money. That's just the reality <laughs> of things. Um, paying for people, for resources, for the scriptures mm-hmm. to be translated. If you think about all those things. And so what are we doing with our finances? Mm-hmm. You know, we were just talking about how the 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 one person given the one bag of gold goes and buries it. So he was overwhelmed with fear, and then putting it in today's context, was it perhaps that he allowed himself to get so entrenched in his own finances, self serving, and perhaps even debt, that he actually wasn't able to. Um, see an increase in his finances and therefore partner as it says here Mm -hmm. um, with the master in what he's doing so god is looking for us to partner with him and that's the exciting part if we are stewarding our our finances well and doing our due diligence to see the increase come right i mean that that phrase that jumped out at me when i read it in the message was you have done less than the least I'm like, how is that possible? Well, for him, he said, the, you know, the master says, the least you could have done is put it in the bank and invest it. 
And if you look at that practically, and I, you know, maybe we just haven't taken the time, some of me, I'll say, I'll make this personal. I haven't taken the time to dig into the scripture and really look at it for what it is about, and that's about money and investing. And it's great that we can talk about gifts and talents and, you know, that God mm-hmm. has given us all these gifts and talents and how we're spending our time and how we're spending our gifts. And we agree with all that stuff. But this is so about money. And when when you... When we talk about the less than the least, and I think I earn an income, am I putting any of that income, even, you know, literally, you know, is it going to debt repayment or is it going into a savings account where it's earning even a little interest? You know, am I investing in God's kingdom? Well, what is that? What does that mean? What does it mean for me to have money and invest it? Like, is it, it's giving to charities, it's giving to my church, is it, like, is that what, what we mean when we say? Well, I'll, I mean, uh, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that just went, woo, right, right through my brain there, so with that question. But, I mean, that's, what, anything that God touches your heart to say, there's a person in need. I mean, here yeah. we look at uh, where this parable is, is Jesus is talking about in Matthew, and it's like, the sheep and the goats is right after that, and Jesus is talking about, what is it? It's feeding the poor. It's, you know, visiting me in prison. It's clothing those who are naked. Like, those are the things that the sheep are honored for. And guess what? That does take money. It, it does. And so going, you know, even if you look at this in the, in the context of Matthew 25, the answer to your question is, is yes, you might give through a charitable organization. Yes, you might just give to the person on the street when, when you hear the voice of the Lord saying, yes, you need to do that. Because the reality is, is the answer is yes. But I think what's really, what jumped out at me was the verses 28 and 30, Reb, when, when the, he takes, it says, take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on the limb. Living like this does take, it takes a little bit of guts. It takes some confidence. And that's why I love what you said, Ray, but I think there was some, a lot of fear maybe involved in this last guy. And so he's going, well, just from a sense of fear, I'm just not going to do anything. And how many times haven't we been in that position ourselves where we're just afraid and so we're, we're paralyzed? So I, I, like on that note, I want to reread what the servant says to the master. Mm-hmm. And then all of us, as you're listening, put yourself in there and see if you've ever thought this about our Heavenly Father. Master, I know you have high standards and you hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound to the last cent. I, I don't know about you, but I can honestly say sometimes my ideas about who God is, is, uh, well, you want perfection. I have to do it well, and I'm just a disappointment. And before we even offer back to him what we've given, we've already made an excuse and we've practiced a speech Kind of like the prodigal son returning. <laughs> I, I know I, I don't have to be your, your son anymore. I can just be a slave in your house. And I mean, the reaction of the father in that story is a little different than the master in this one. But 
how many of us have that feeling about God that we really don't understand his heart? And that fear overtakes us. And I had mentioned it uh, on the way to the show this morning. I'm like, this whole issue of fear and that we're going to disappoint God because he's He's given us some resources. And maybe we're our, right now, we are doing poorly with it. Maybe we're not investing in the kingdom. Maybe all the money we earn is just being spent on ourselves. But he's inviting us. This story is an invitation while we wait for the second coming of Christ. There is places to partner with him and it's an invitation but that fear if if it paralyzes us it's gonna like well it holds us back from actually seeing who the heart of the father is right right because the other two servants they recognize that and that there was a joy of entering in and partnering Mm -hmm. with him in what he was doing through the use of finances when we do that we get to see and, you know, as David, you pointed out there, this, the parable afterwards about the goat and sheep nations is about feeding the hungry and giving a cup of water in my name. They're simple things sometimes. But if we don't have the financial resources to do that and we're so fearful, the fear can immobilize us and hinder us from actually seeing the heart of the Father that as he prompts us, he wants us to be his hands and we get to see the joy of blessing somebody and seeing the fruit in their life, hearing their testimony. Um, and what an opportunity then to be a part of that. It, 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 I mean, I can think, I'm trying, I'm thinking of all these stories of how we've given to people and the joy of that, or our family has saved some money and given it away, or we've received it from mm-hmm. others. I remember there was a family who loved us very much, and I was having our fourth, and their family earned money and saved it, especially to buy us a trampoline with a net because they were concerned that my other younger kids would need to be occupied while I was looking after the baby. And I tell you, it was a gift to this day. We still have taken care of and enjoy it. And I'll never forget that gift. And you all might be thinking, well, what does that have to do with kingdom purpose? But they had a conviction before God that it was they wanted to invest in our family and as they invested, we were able to invest in other people. Like, it just is an outflow. As you pour into a place, and then isn't that where the investment doubles and triples? As, as you, we give to Ray, or Ray gives to us, or you give to your church, that your church, hopefully, if you can trust, entrust it to, to the body you're giving it to, they're duplicating it. You're, they're adding your money to other money and it's going out and it's affecting people. And those people who receive it then are going out into their communities and using what their resources. Like it's just this, this, this accounting we can't understand. And when you think of it that way, is it not exciting? And even if a person only has 10 or 20 bucks today, go put it somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. There are needs all around us. Ask the Lord where can, you can put your $25. He'll show you, and he'll make it grow. That's, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. I just get excited. <laughs> and I was thinking, I, I hate to say I was on a totally different tact because I thought we were talking about the fear of this last servant. But I thought, you know, we haven't re- we're assuming a little bit that these first two guys are actually not operating in fear either, but they could be. But what struck me when I read through it in the message was is that, and it, let's just assume that all three guys were working out of fear because they knew the same master and they're like, hey, he has high standards and we want to make sure that we produce a return. Well, 
the other two guys, and this is where I was kind of on the different tact, I thought the other two guys' response to that was, was a positive, I'm going to go risk because it's worth the risk to me to bring this back to my master and say, look what I did. So, yeah, maybe fear began to get me out and start doing it. But the reality is, is and that goes to what you just said, Reb, then it starts snowballing and it starts increasing. And you're like, okay, oh, good. Everything's rolling and I can, I now can present the gift. I can go over with the master how the increase happened and we can actually share in the joy of that together. Yeah, that's just really exciting. But right? I, but, but I also... But I, fear, and this is where I'm... But fear cobbles us and then the last guy is like, well, I just let fear rule. And, it, and he, he didn't let that inspire him to actually take the risk. It's interesting because he gives according to the, their abilities. Mm-hmm. So I, I see that like, cause we know people, we know people who really are good at investing and like in their actual money. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. we've had some of them on the show. They're just good. That's why we bring them on the show. That's, I mean, because I, Dave and I have never felt that that's been our particular ability. So God has entrusted different things to us. But I'm always amazed that these guys just like they touch it, put it in one place and it just duplicates. But we also see these guys putting it back into really big places because the kingdom of God, as you said, Ray, needs financing. Mm -hmm. And he God, you know, God doesn't need anything from us, but he chooses to work through us. So. What as the as the time for and the approach as we? I'm going to interrupt. God chooses to partner with us. I mean, that's, what did I that, say to, to use us? But oh, yeah. like that's what the story is. Is is and there's where the joy comes, right? So, um, you know, if you're if there's some fear coming in around money, because do we know that people have fear around money? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we see yeah, that. That's right. But how are you going? Are you going to let that motivate you? Are you going to let that spur you on and say, these resources are the Father's resources. I'm going to go to him and I'm going to ask him. And I'm, but the end result is I'm going to let that fear, in a sense, inspire me to risk. Or am I going to just let, let's go bury the stuff? Joyce Myers always said, for any women out there listening, and I know there are a few, she always said, do it afraid. If you're afraid, just Mm -hmm. do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I honestly say sometimes that that's, sometimes our heart has to catch up with our action. And if your action, I know we want a great heart of love and desire to obey. And often that's when we're, we've got fear. And um, I, my daughter actually taught me this about one of the words in Scripture in Philippians, you know, be anxious for nothing. And she actually said it's an action, it's a continuing verb. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't, you're going to, we're going to feel anxiety and fear, but don't do the action of anxiety and fear. And in this case, it shut him down. Mm-hmm. So if those other, if those other two stewards were feeling anxious or fearful, at all, they still they didn't succumb to the action of fear and holding back. Mm-hmm. It's actually stepping out, and you know, you and sometimes may, you just have to go. You know what, Lord, I'm I'm going out there, but I'm going to keep focus on the reporting of what you're going to do in the future. I don't know what that looks like, but I, that's going to kind of be my motivation to say, Lord, I'm going to work to present. And, and let's see some increase. Let's see, let's share the stories of what you're going to do. Because that's what, that's what we're talking about when we talk about risk. What are we risking? Well, we're risking that we fail. Well, when we're partnering with the Father, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, it's not that we 
can't fail, but well, you know what but, I mean? But like, we, ha- we are doing it with him. So, but I want you to speak, Ray, just to about as we look to the second coming of Christ, why is it important now for us to be thinking about investing in the kingdom like this? Well, I, you know, I think, um, you know, when you look at the context of this, the ten virgins about having the fresh oil in the mm-hmm. the lamp and your your wick tripped, your um, your wick, wick is trimmed. trimmed. Yes, <clears throat> just you know, in this moment of time, and as we see perhaps things escalating globally, Lord, your return could come at any point. Mm-hmm. Jesus' disciples were taught to look constantly with an anticipation. So in that sense of anticipation, what are we doing in our whole area of our finances? How are we looking to him because he's entrusted it to us? So how are we looking to how we manage it? As I, um, as I pondered this and as I heard us talking today, I feel convicted too. It's like, Lord, why did I live in debt for so long? And choosing the bank to tell me where my money went rather than me having the freedom to look to you to say, Father, what is it you want me to do, whether it's to bless this person or to give this way or to sow money over here. Um, but our, our time is short. Mm-hmm. So how do we want to see the kingdom advanced around the globe? Mm-hmm. And Lord, how can we partner with you in that? And so I feel like even now, a greater a stirring, Lord, how can I partner with you, even with my finances? Mm-hmm. You want me to continue to do my due diligence and to grow that, whether it's in the bank or something else. But Lord, how do we do this? And it's not only the multiplication in the bank or investments, but it's multiplication in the kingdom because it's God's economy. So how do I sow into people's lives who then in turn are impacted by the gospel, who then impact others with the gospel? Because I'm really convicted by the story that that's where the fivefold and the tenfold return is. Mm -hmm. It's as we invest someplace and God just does the duplication in the lives of people. And it does often start with money, right? It does... As you said earlier um, before the show, you know, it takes money to print the Bible. Mm-hmm. It takes money to have the YouVersion Bible app, like those kinds of things. If if you use YouVersion or what, you know, make a donation because they're doing some really great things. And, and there are all kinds of places to pour into. And God is asking you and stirring your heart. So it the practical thing is spend some time with the Lord and ask him where, even though I may have debt, I want to give. So how much and to where? Mm-hmm. And I can entrust you, Lord, to duplicate my five loaves and two fish. Mm-hmm. Because even if you feel that's all you have, even if you feel you're not the first servant with all that money, it doesn't matter because he knows your ability. And he just wants you to turn his heart towards him. And he'll do it. He'll do the duplicating. Mm-hmm. He makes the harvest grow. That's Our job is just to plant. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, let's just pray. Mm-hmm. We're at the end. Wow. That was fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Lord, we do thank you that we can come and, and really with open hands present ourselves and all that we have, all the resources that you give us, the, 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 the money, the talents, the opportunities, the relationships, all of these things, Lord, we can present before you and we can say, teach us, Lord, give us mm-hmm. wisdom. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word uh, speaks clearly to us. And so as we dig into it, we just ask that your 
your Holy Spirit would, would open our hearts and our minds. And that's for the, the three of us here, but also for all those listening that, mm-hmm. Lord, as, though, as your word is read and studied, that you would open the hearts and the minds of, the, of your people to invest and to grow and to see your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Ray. Uh, you know, we didn't really off the top. You're getting to be a regular, and I didn't mention that Ray is the the ministry liaison for Financial Discipleship Canada. We have Ray you, you on, uh, and we're going to keep you going through the Gospels uh, in the next number of months to, to share that. So that's going to be a fun journey with us. So please join us when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.